Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It is really great to be back. I haven't been on a podcast in a little bit. I'm Julie Fogg. I am here with Renee Minder and Ken Well, and this is our very first Friday podcast. It's a little bit more devotional in nature. And this podcast today is going to focus on content that we had at a Leaders Edge training a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I think we're close to a month ago now. But Leaders Edge is actually formulated as a deep dive of leadership training for our grow group leaders and really anyone who's involved in a leadership position here at Shine Hills Church. And really, it was designed to encourage our grow group leaders to give them some, some good meat material for for their, their leadership, and there might be some things that they are having questions over and so that we can give them some skills. And so that was how this came about. And our first one, you talked, Renee, about shepherding and looking at the characteristics of the great shepherd. So. Right, and so what this what we wanted to do with this is just give our grow group leaders some skills on, uh, and so we started looking at the great shepherd of um, in Ezekiel 34, how does God shepherd us? And then how does that translate to us shepherding those that we have in our grow groups? Or uh, again, it was a bunch of different leaders. So anyone within our sphere of influence, how do we shepherd others in our church? And really, we all have opportunities to shepherd. Right. I had been reading through the Bible in a year, and I came across this passage in Ezekiel, and the devotional that went with it, we, it was all about how the good shepherd, all his characteristics, and how he meets our needs. But then as Julie and I started talking, we thought, boy, as shepherds of the flock, as grow group leaders, wouldn't that be cool if we kind of unpacked that and encouraged our grow group leaders to be better shepherds? And as a participant uh, in the audience there, I really did benefit. I mean, uh, it was it was good stuff that you had for oh, us. So thank you. It's, uh, let's jump into it and share it with our listening audience. Awesome. Well, I think one of the first things that's kind of funny that we can talk a little bit about is all three of us have some experience with sheep in in some facet or another. And so I think that, I mean, there's it's no accident that God uses sheep as a metaphor for who we are in scripture. And so I, and so first of all, I don't know, Renee, you talked about like, you know, they're not very smart, right. but some of you, share some of your experiences with sheep. Well, I just remember one time coming home from college and my sister had a bum sheep that she was, a bum lamb that she was taking care of. And I, I just have this picture. I'm coming up from the barn and my dad had the pickup loaded with hay to go feed the cows. The dog jumps up on the hay and the lamb just followed right there. I mean, the <laughs> lamb wanted to go for a ride. The lamb, I think the lamb thought, it's, it would be much more fun to be a dog. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> and I mean, that thing, we would try to get it off and it would jump back on. And um, it, it always cracked me up because I thought about how us as sheep, we want to be something other than we are. And that <laughs> lamb definitely thought it, it would be more exciting to be a dog. My dad had one of the larger sheep farms in Kansas for about four decades. And so we worked a lot with sheep. And one time it really stuck in my mind. We were just moving them from one location to another and they will follow. They, they are terrified to go anywhere on their own. I mean, it's always has to be a group thing and we were trying to move them over and they got to following in a circle. And it was only like about three quarters of a mile that we were just going to take them on this back road, just just dirt road. But they probably ran about ten miles because they just circled, 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 and it was crazy. It was it was ridiculous the amount yeah. that they ran. 
Yeah, so my kids have shown sheep. I, I think we've had at least two lambs on our property. I almost said in our home. They've never <laughs> been in our home. <laughs> but for so, for, so about 10 years now, I think that we've had at least two a summer. And, uh, and, and so I just have to preface everything I'm going to say is that I, I never grew up with any sort of animal aside from a dog or a cat. And so like I, I know as much about raising lambs in the 10 year experience that we've had for 4-H. But um, they are always, it's always funny when we get them because they don't know us. They are completely spastic. And every, it seems like every time they end up sneaking out somehow. And I've had several seasons, especially when we first get them, when once they know us, and they are more apt to come when, when called or they hear food and they know where home is, but we won't really take them out and walk them on halters or anything until we've had them for a little while. So they do get to know us and stuff, but they inevitably will sneak out or get out of a gate or something. And they just, they have no reason to come home. And so we've chased them around our property this one time. We had them, they ran, so Galen lives north of us about, I don't know, half a mile or so across pasture. And they went clear across there and they were over in somebody's neighborhood. And uh, so we had to, and, and we didn't have a truck, so we had to, to triangulate get them and we got them and so we threw them in the back of our Honda Pilot and then we <laughs> rode home with them just kind of standing you know in the back like a dog but but yeah they are not very bright but it does take them to learn they they need to hear your voice and so the kids need to be talking with them a lot and stuff and so I don't know those things have I've learned a lot about what God says about about us as sheep and and shepherds through through our our fun 4-H experience and them just not being very smart. Well, and so my kids also uh, showed sheep and we had a lot of fun stories with that. But it was really cool for me to kind of look at some characteristics of sheep. And, you know, as I did some research, they were just talking about how sheep are really anxious. They're, they're you know, anything can spook them or scare them, um, which I think us as people can identify with. Uh, as Ken said, they're group followers, and so they will just follow each other. And I found this story where they 1,500 sheep actually followed each other over a cliff in Turkey, and and a lot of them were killed. And so they will follow the group with no anticipation of what's where they're going. Mm -hmm. And 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 the other thing that um, they talked about is that sheep are really easy prey. If they get, if their wool gets wet, it's hard for them to move. If they get, you know, if they fall down and they get flipped over on their back, they can't get up. Mm. So they're really easy prey. Um, and so all of that just really gave us a, a great picture of, again, there, it's no accident that God calls us his sheep and why we need a shepherd. You know, Renee, you started out your presentation for the Grow Group Leaders talking about that being without a shepherd, that we are critical and happy and our life is segmented. And I thought that was such a really good place to start because, you know, really when in parallel with these sheep and you think about that, that, that we really need, we really do need a good shepherd and, and how important that is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it affects our, our church too. It affects how if we aren't shepherded well, we're, we're more likely to kind of jump from church to church. We're more likely to cause fights within other people. And, and so in Ezekiel 34, God really warns the shepherds of Israel of, you know, what it looks like to be a bad shepherd and how the sheep are scattered. How um, So we want to just encourage you guys to take a look at Ezekiel 34. We're also going to probably talk about some other scripture. We're not going to read 
Ezekiel 34. But God really does this great, uh, he, he really gives us this visual of what it looks like to uh, not be a good shepherd and warning of what happens when you say you're a shepherd and you feed yourself instead of the, sh- uh, the flocks and then what he is as a shepherd, and he is our example for that. Um, so, you know, I mean, any of you guys can jump in, but what were some of the warnings that God told us in, in Ezekiel 34 about, you know, do not shepherd like this? Well, what happens when we're not shepherded well? Well, he does talk about in verse uh, 3 how they just eat the fat and and focus and clothe yourselves is this phrase that he uses, but the focus obviously is on themselves instead of caring for the sheep, caring for those under them, yeah. you know, and that's, that's easy to do. I mean, we're all tend to be selfish and, and it's just, you know, our natural tendency is me and well, whatever you can contribute to me. That's, that's a good thing, but I'm not going to really do anything for your benefit or I'll do minimal for your benefit, maybe so that it looks good. So, yeah, when we aren't shepherded or when we don't shepherd the people in our care very well, there's there's a lot of repercussions and, um, uh, you know, we can be we can be very self-centered, but it also means that the sheep are out there being scattered. They're mm-hmm. not being well fed. It means that they're um, they're not going to grow in their own spiritual health. And um, that that lack of spiritual depth will can cause them to be easy prey to the wolves or the false prophets or even we talked in we also looked at John 10 about the hired men that come and then they leave and so all those things can happen when uh, we don't shepherd well that can all happen to the flock all happen to our churches when we don't we don't have great shepherds in place to take care of the flock I've just been thinking, too, about, you know, people that are wounded through church experiences because they may not have had a good shepherd as a leader, whether it be in a small group experience or as their, you know, one of their pastors, maybe. And we do see a lot of that scattering and wandering. And then they are, to your point, they are easy prey for those wolves. And and I think that it's it's a huge responsibility as a church to be a good to, to have good shepherding in, in a lot of different areas, and it can't just fall on our lead pastor, right. um, although he is a great example and, and should be a good shepherd. Right. <clears throat> we are very thankful that Galen is such a, a great, humble man of God. But it does, it has to fall down as well. And so so how do you how do you maybe check or guarantee or know that you are under a good shepherd? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, um, I think a large part of it is to be really in the Word ourselves, so that we know uh, what God's what God's Word is is teaching. I mean, to to sit each week under under sound teaching is good, but it tends to be you know if you if we only ate once a week, <laughs> we'd be what yeah. very well nourished. And so we can't rely on just hearing the sermon once a week and that's sufficient. I mean, I, we need to be in the Word ourselves and really doing some hard work of not just 
just Bible reading. I mean, there's a place for that, but really some Bible study to like, what is the point of this passage? I mean, can we ask ourselves, what's the main message of the book of Romans? Mm. You know, what's, or even just go by a a chapter, you know, okay, what is, if I have to boil this down to one, one sentence, what's the subject? What's the, the, predicate of it. I mean, in other words, mm-hmm. the subject, what's he talking about? And the predicate is, what's he say about what he's talking about? And it, to really force ourselves to analyze scripture and so that we really understand. And then that is building ourselves up so that then we can really be a shepherd to those under us. And I, I think that's one thing with so many people who get led astray. I mean, the scripture warns against the false teachers or even wolves in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. that it's people who are teaching inaccurately, teaching falsehoods, mm-hmm. but, but they won't come in and say, okay, hey, here, this is a lie. Please follow me. Mm-hmm. It's, they will use uh, verses of scripture. Right. But nuggets take, of truth. Yeah, nuggets but, of truth. And, and then take it out of context yeah. or mm-hmm. distort it. I mean, because scripture balances scripture. But if we take one, one verse and just run with that, then we can really go off on the deep end. And so it's, it's knowing the word of God because the word of God is how God has revealed himself mm-hmm. and really, and it's work, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be hard. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a true shepherd, it's going to take some work of understanding the word of God. What's he saying? You know, what are the implications of, of this message of, of this passage? And then so that you're able to, to teach others, you know, those, you're the sheep that are under you. Yeah. You bring up a couple of really good points. One being that, that you're in the word, you're in the Bible. And there's a difference between reading the word of God and reading a Christian book, let's say, because to your point, you know, there, there can be wolves in sheep's clothing, but there are also wolves in shepherd's clothing. And so where it may look like, well, they seem like they they know scripture, but to your point, Renee, that they're they're taking a negative truth and then making that a whole truth, whereas it's not, it it's really twisting scripture, and so it's not correct. And so then we have to be very very careful that we're able to identify that. Really, the only way is by knowing the Word of God, and so that's really really important and making sure that that we are able to discern all of those kinds of things and what's truth and what's not. And I do think in the whole topic of leadership that we we tend to think that leaders should be charismatic, and, and some are. Um, they should be, you know, funny, and they're out there uh, doing, you know, doing great things. Um, what I loved when I went through this Ezekiel 34 was all these characteristics. Um, not one talked about these leadership qualities that we usually attribute, but it, it talked about how he strengthened the weak, um, how he heals the sick, how he looks for the sick, and how he binds up the injured, and he goes after strays, and he looks for the lost, and he shepherds with justice. And all of those characteristics, they're not flashy. And hmm. one one thing that I saw when I was reading about sheep was, and the relationship with the shepherd, is that the shepherd smells like sheep, meaning they are among them. And, and even in Ezekiel 34, it talks about the shepherd is among the sheep, and so I think when we're looking to say, how do we know if this person's a, a great shepherd to just kind of look, how do they respond to people? How is there a humility? Is there a loving caring uh, that they have? Um, 
Are they willing to be among the sheep or are they standing away uh, protecting themselves, feeding themselves, or whatever. Um, so uh, looking for those characteristics, which are really ki- can be opposite of what we would think, you know, maybe a great leader should look like. You know, we're, uh, um, when we look at different leaders, a lot of times we're attracted to those that are funny and outgoing, but yet God doesn't say one thing about that. He, he doesn't, he, he really is talking about this shepherd the shepherd knows the sheep because he is among them. Mm. He knows what's going on in their life. Um, and I, I just, man, that is just so cool when I think that God is that for me. So let's go through and unpack these a little bit because, you know, we can, we can think of them, especially thinking about when you're taking care of an animal maybe, but what does that look like in taking and being a shepherd to another human being? And, and you both have led grow groups before and been in, in spheres of leadership to where that you are shepherding. So let's maybe talk through all of these points. And so the first one is strengthen the weak. And, uh, he, um, in scripture highlights both food and loving care. So what does that look like when you're shepherding someone? How do you strengthen the weak? Uh, as, far as like given we're talking spiritually so it's really understanding uh who god is and how god works and so you know what i see a lot of times with believers is you know well if i become a christian then god will make everything easy for me and to really help people understand that god has forgiven us our sins and given us a new relationship with him and eternal life but in this life, there's going to be suffering. In Scripture, I mean, unless you're nitpick, just uh, select picking uh, verses. I mean, if you really look at all of Scripture, it talks about suffering. You know, the those who desire to live godly in this life will suffer persecution. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Second Timothy. I've forgotten exactly what verse, but it talks about suffering. And and uh, was it uh, Timothy where Paul says, use a little wine for your stomach's sake? I mean, apparently Timothy here is, you know, ministering under Paul, and yet he had health issues. And so God does not promise us a, a rose garden, uh, you know. And, and so if we say he's given us eternal life, but in this life we're going to have difficulties and, and not to be disappointed and like, well, God failed me because I have known of people who, you know, when they had some, I mean, it was some pretty big losses, but they just, before they were in Christian circles, I, I don't know for sure if they actually had trusted Christ, but they were in Christian circles. But when the bad times came, they, I mean, they turned radically away from Christianity and and just, you know, it's like big disappointment if with God. If this is what it is, I don't want it. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's part of strengthening them, you know, to that's Tough times will come, Mm -hmm. but God will be with you through that. Mm -hmm. The shepherd is always there. Uh, You know, I I think of how many times I'm reading, uh, well, this was an example. I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and I come across this uh, passage and just how it encouraged me, kind of affirmed um, that I, I love shepherding people. I love helping them. Uh, seeing that maybe they're weak in their faith and encouraging them to stay in the Bible, to encouraging them to pray, encouraging them to uh, connect with other believers, uh, just how, what that does to strengthen us when a storm comes, when uh, 
you know, something happens in our life. And, and so for me, just knowing how, man, God's word is so uh, active and it, it penetrates and it's so timely. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's so timely. So um, that's kind of, that's how I kind of perceive this strengthening the week. Yeah, and I think too, you know, even going back to, and I think we'll probably come back to it several more times, but about about the good shepherd smells like sheep, and it's it's more than just like, well, you should read this, and then not following back up, but but strengthening them is is even being in their in their weakness and being able to to walk through because sometimes it's just even maybe a verse that you can share with someone, and then like. Like let's talk about this and and how can I be in in the midst of your your weakness with you and help to strengthen you along because then when you think let's revert back to sheep the actual animal how do you strengthen a weak lamb a weak sheep it's not by necessarily being hands off you have to be in there with them and, yeah, and navigate yeah them. you don't give them a whole week's worth of food in one <laughs> yeah. setting you know every morning you morning have a dead <laughs> sheep in the morning yeah. that's right <laughs> you you know you just check on them all the time and it's it's just really loving on those mm-hmm. people uh, loving on us when you know asking for love when we're feeling weak but um yeah i think that's true just yeah. following up and being there yeah can i i give a classic example from years ago um I know a church was in candidating, I mean, calling a new pastor. And they had, in one case, they had, in both cases, they had a fellowship meal. I mean, it was different. These were years apart. But uh, the new pastor came in, and he and his wife got his pl- got their plates. And then they went and sat with the other people that were already seated. Well, another pastor, years later, he and his wife came in, they got the, their plates of food, and they went over at a table and sat by themselves. Guess which one really yep. ministered in their time of, of being pastor there? Yeah, yeah, the one that was with the sheep. With yep. the sheep, yeah. In this case, almost, I mean, literally with the people yep. as opposed to separate for, for Our actions really show, show what we think. And so, yeah, if we're, we can say we're a shepherd, but if we're not among the sheep, we're really not. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, so point two is heal the sick. And we talked a little bit, I mean, that some of that with strengthening the weak, but specifically, how do you, how do you heal the sick? I think it has a lot to do with just praying with them again, walking with them. Um, this last week I called someone who was going to have an, another appointment. She'd been fighting cancer for a while and she just, just me checking on her and, and told, telling her I was going to pray for the doctors um, I haven't heard back how that appointment went, but um, I really think just just knowing that they're you're praying for them and reminding them how much God loves them uh, is just really key. And I think just even having some some tangible things too of of whether it's providing a meal or providing a a help service or something like that that those things can be that that's being hands and feet of Jesus and being able to 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 do something that is tangible is a really helpful thing too. And, really and I love seeing that in our grow group ministry of how people just come around someone. And, and you guys have had some pretty cool stories in your group, Ken, about just being the, the hands and feet and being able to do that for people that have had some struggles. Uh, yeah. Just different times when, you know, we go through uh, difficult times of loss or death or disappointment. And I mean, it's, it's healing the sick, but also kind of binding up the injured, which mm-hmm. is our, our next point. So I'm going to yeah. kind of merge into that. But just to go and, and cry with them or, or 
you know, not not fake cry, but maybe just to sit with them mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. you're actually not going to cry, depending on how emotionally the person <laughs> might be. Yeah, it may not be natural for some, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. That is okay. Yeah. So, but but to be there with them and and to be empathetic, you know, with the for whatever trauma they are enduring right then. Yeah. I heard um, someone say the difference between sympathy and empathy is sympathy is, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that you're hurt, but they stay detached. Empathy is standing with them and saying, I, I see that you're hurting and I'm here with you. And I think that, again, that kind of describes the shepherd who's among them. Well, so let's go to our next point, bind up the injured. And so can you kind of hit that a little bit? And, and are there other ways in which, you know, we can, we can wrap them with cloth? How do we bind them? Well, one thing that I spoke about at this point was that uh, I referred back to our series on broken together and how we're all broken and it takes time to heal and to have that patience for someone that's been injured or hurt and, um, you know, again, it's, it's just encourage them to allow God to put them back together and, and to resist bitterness and resist um, anger and unforgiveness. And so I think when we think about, you know, binding up the injured, it's, it's understand that we're all broken and that we're all in it together. You know, and I've been thinking a lot about, you know, there's, we have such a mental health crisis in our in our community in our world and you know so many of these things could really be more mental health related as opposed to a physical health kind of a thing and and so how how do you do that with with somebody who's really struggling with some mental health uh, issues and and it's a lot of that of, of being able to to have that empathy and sit with them to provide to provide the right source of prayer to get in the trenches with some of those things that are they are really difficult and yet to be able to just to be like a, a healing balm, I think, in a way too. Right. And one thing that we talked about is as shepherds, we have to be aware that we can shepherd someone to only to a certain point, if there's need for counseling, mm. just like you need a, a special heart doctor, you know, you got a knee injury, you need to go see uh, someone that that's specialized in that. And as a shepherd, we're not going to, we're not going to be, be able to meet everyone's needs at, at right where they're at, but to recognize sometimes we can shepherd them and still encourage them to go see a therapist or go see if there's something else that's going on. Um, but to know that we do have limitations, but to be able to work together with you know, someone who's specialized in mm-hmm. mental health. I think that's a really good point that we do need to make sure that we have some boundaries in place so that we're not like uh, in an unhealthy relationship of that could be damaging to that person that, you know, that our role as shepherd is to maybe in part of that is to encourage to get some professional help and, yeah. and, and help guide with that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right. So the next one is to go after the strays. How do you go after the strays? Well, I thought it was really funny when we look at, at us as sheep, that they said bored sheep, sheeps that are not engaged, sheep mm. th- that we wander off. And so I, it just kind of hit me that when I am not in, actively engaged in what God's doing in my life or in the life of the church, I can get bored and I can start going, well, maybe this would be fun or maybe that would be fun. But I think it's really interesting that if we're bored, if we're not being challenged, and I think this is where service comes in. If we're not serving somewhere mm-hmm. and engaged, our life, we're going to feel like our life is boring. And 
that could be a moment when a false prophet or a, sh- a, a wolf, or we become more vulnerable mm-hmm. to uh, being led astray. I mean, we say that all the time. The other thing is that scared sheep, anxious sheep, um, we're, have a tendency to scatter. And so when we think of all that's been going on in the world, you know, anxiousness, uh, you know, has risen. I mean, I think people are on edge. We've talked about how sometimes things are just, it just feels like we're one level below something um, blowing up. I mean, there's just seems like a lot of people are very on edge. Well, that's because as sheep, if we're scared, we're, we have a tendency to scatter and we're going to stray. And uh, so the good thing is that God comes after us, but as shepherds, we want to be able to lovingly go and try to bring someone back. Um, and so whether that's visiting with them and saying, hey, I'm concerned about this behavior. Can you tell me what's going on? Um, how are you seeing this? And, and being able to kind of lev- lovingly hook them and bring them back mm-hmm. and try to, try to just find out where they're at and, and, you know, kind of, not kind of, but oppose a lie that they may be living under, that maybe they're, they're thinking something that is opposed to Scripture and to be able to kind of flesh that out of what God really wants for them, that it may not be God's best for them. Well, and, and people most likely are not going to identify and say like, well, I'm bored or I'm scared, but there is an undercurrent of that in, in behavior for sure. And, and to even be, you know, we talk about that in our grow group leadership training all the time about chasing after the strays and that because they're not showing up to group doesn't mean like, well, they must not find it valuable. So that's their issue that, but that's part of our role as a good shepherd is to continually like follow up and, you know, I, like, is, is this not a good fit for you? Is this not a good time for you? I'm speaking about groups specifically, but you know, there's always ways in which we can like find, is, is there something else that we can connect you with, whether it be serving or, you know, maybe it's another group or, or a different ministry or, or maybe there's a different church fellowship that you would feel more at home in and like help, let us help you find that best connection. Well, and so in the training, remember, um, we had a couple of scenarios that I gave a couple of people, and that yeah. was one. You know, someone since COVID hasn't come back to Grow Group. What do we do? And there were some really creative answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one was someone said, well, I did oh, invite them over for a barbecue, and I'd have the kids come and play and, and just try to have a conversation. And I just loved that there was no accusation. It was just kind of like, trying to figure out where they're at and, and what yeah. their perspective is. And I think our MOPS group does those kinds of things a lot and they do it really, really well where they do just like a check-in and they may just bring them a coffee and be like, hey, just wanted to bring you a coffee. And it's not even necessarily an invitation to come in and be there for an hour or whatever. They just yeah. do like a quick check-in. And and so I, I love that. They are so good at, at doing that very thing of, of chasing the strays and keeping track of their ladies and making sure that they're okay. It's a, it's a really it, cool thing. Well, yeah, and again, it's caring for them as people and not so much as that you've got to be in my group or you've got to be in this church, but just caring for them as people. Where mm-hmm. where are you spiritually? Yeah. Where you know What has this last year and a half done to you? And and just concerned. We just want you to be feel loved and cared for. Absolutely. And so our next point, I know we're running a little bit short on time, but uh, is talking about searching for the lost. Well, I, you know, we talked just about a lot of times um, a shepherd will keep everything. I think as you were talking, you're trying to move the sheep and they're all together. But a shepherd will know when one sheep has gone away. Is you know, I mean, they can't see him, and so. 
um, beyond that local pasture and you want to protect them from predators and that you just, again, like we just said, you, you want to make that contact with someone who, man, they've, you haven't seen them around for months. You want to make that contact um, and find out where they're at and, and that they know they are cared for and loved. I think, too, uh, finding opportunities to be in environments that are outside of our, our church circles. And especially being on church staff, it's really easy to stay in these circles. And I know uh, if I'm able to put myself in, in a secular environment, then I, it's an opportunity to be able to make that invitation of, of you know, we really love to have you come to church and, and to be out in the world, I guess, for lack of a better word. word I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and finally, our last point is shepherd with justice. Well, you know, I just, it's a tendency to like some sheep more than others. You connect <laughs> with them. You know, maybe they got, you know, uh, the, their wool is fluffier or whatever. Uh, but, you know, to just really be able to minister, uh, at, you know, across the board, just make sure that everyone in your group just feels loved and accepted and that they there's a place that they can belong. Um it, there can be a tendency uh, that in Ezekiel, it talks about how the fat and strong bully the weak. And so we just want to, we just, you know, want to just make sure that there's no one, you know, intimidating someone in our groups or talking over someone or dominating in our mm-hmm. groups that, that they just, there's a, a, a place of belonging for each and every type of, of person, sheep that comes our way. Well, so as we wrap up today, I think uh, we all kind of wanted to spend just a couple of minutes in John 10 because John 10 really identifies, uh, and we we had toyed with Psalm 23 or John 10 because both of those are really great, but a lot of people know Psalm 23 and being the good shepherd, and so you can certainly read that. But some some highlights from John 10 that either of you would like to share. Uh, in 1027, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Just that there is that relationship, um, how I'm going to, I'm going to change motifs here slightly, but people talk about, well, we're all children of God, but scripture doesn't really say all people are children of God because being a child of God, a matter of fact, there's a verse to them. He gave the right to become the children of God, even Mm. to those who believe on his name. And being a child of God uh, demands or implies a relationship, not just as create, creator to creation, but father to child, mm. that there is that relationship. And so it's the, my sheep hear my voice, my children. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. They, we know his voice as we read scripture. It's like we, the Holy Spirit gives us understanding and, and we really come to understand who God is and mm-hmm. how massively his love is for us. Absolutely. Um, when we were discussing in staff about this, Tiffany Erickson brought up that she had read that before fences uh, and tags, that a lot of times different herds would be mingling together in a you know a meadow or a pasture. And it was when that shepherd would, you know, do their call, you know, yeehaw or whatever. <laughs> Suey. No, not that. That's for pigs. That's, that's, for that, that's, that's, no, that's not the one. Yeah. Omaha. Uh, but the, the shepherd, they knew the shepherd's voice. Mm. And so the sheep would kind of untangle or unmingle, and then they would follow their shepherd home at night. And so, you know, you were talking about how 
with a new baby lamb or a sheep as you, before you showed them, you had to be around them, talk to them so they would become comfortable with you. And I just love this, that the more we're attuned to God's voice, the more we could decipher, is this his voice? Is this my voice? Is this, you know, some other type of voice coming in and trying to, you know, what voice am I uh, following? And just how important it is to become so acquainted with who God is and how he speaks to you. You know, a lot of times it's through the word. Sometimes um, it's through other people. The other day, a couple of days ago, I was trying to make a, decide, a decision on um, a dress. <laughs> and uh, the voices of my friends, you know, I'm not saying that was God's voice, but I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of times, you know, other believers have spoken into my life. And I knew that was God directing me or uh, guiding me in, in a in a way, you know, down the path that he would want me to. So um, I think it's just really cool that we have to spend time with God. We have mm -hmm. in prayer, in his word, with other believers. And, and there's just, when you've been walking with the shepherd for a while, a lot of times you will know when it's his voice or whether it's someone, another voice trying to lead us astray. And I think it's good. I know, Renee, there's times when you've said, like, I don't know if this is God or if this is bad pizza. I'm not really sure. But, you know, and, and being able to to take some time and not just just blindly act on those kinds of things, too. And does it match up with his word? Does it match up with the character of God? And, and to find those people that are good shepherds in your life to be able to discern that voice, because sometimes it can be confusing. But but, you know, there are ways in which we can kind of identify that. So, well, both of you, thank you so much for this first Friday podcast. And if you have enjoyed this, this topic, Renee is going to be uh, teaching on this again in September. We will offer this Leader's Edge again on shepherding in September. So it'll be a great way for you to jump in and, and get the whole teaching. It was so fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And we hope you have a fantastic week. And we just encourage you to be strong and very courageous.